This is the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, session number 414. Helen Weyer on Discovering Specialties. Welcome to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast with Jason Lynette, your professional resource for hypnosis training and outstanding business success. Here's your host, Jason Lynette. Welcome back to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast, and welcome back to Helen Weyer, who joins me this week on the program for the second time. For those of you that didn't catch the first time she was on, it was back in February of 2022 with session number 362, which was titled Helen Weyer from Mud Hut to Hypnotist. And yes, well, really, no, I'm not going to explain what that means here. Instead, I'll invite you to go back and listen to that previous episode, because you know what? We don't have enough conversations about mud huts in this hypnotic profession, and guess what? We have the number one place you can go to check that out. This, however, is the second time that Helen's been on the program, session number 414, and I invited Helen back on the program to talk about something that... Quite honestly, it's one of those dialogues that so many people, not just in this industry, but even in other professions, often run into as a major trap. And that would be this whole dialogue of what do you do to pick your niche or your niche, if you're going to pronounce it that way. And yes, indeed, as Helen and I decided as she's over in the UK, I'm over here in the US, we found the common ground by titling this week's episode, Helen Wire on Discovering Specialties. And I believe that the name of this week's session should be a bit of a clue in terms of the way to look at this, which is that of discovering it over time. It's where, as we start our journeys, I'll put this out there, first of all, that yes, as much as I'm a big fan of the term niche, because we prefer that pronunciation because it rhymes with rich, well, the reality is, first of all, everybody who you and I would know, especially in this shared hypnotic space, The people that you and I know that are known for one specific thing, guess what? They also do other stuff. Isn't that interesting? So, no, I'm not suggesting that they're lying because the majority of what I do is hypnotic change based around people who are entrepreneurs and perhaps report a fear of public speaking, a hesitation in putting themselves out there. And, uh, hey, guess what? I'm working with a basketball player at the moment, at the time of this recording, uh, which this is recording about a month in advance, so good luck tracing these stories, Uh, recently worked with someone with a fear of flying, as well as somebody who was a previous client, and, well, they're going through chemotherapy treatments. And as much as I don't do a ton of medical hypnosis these days, because we're all allowed to pick our own specialties and decide where we spend the most amount of time, it's someone who I'd worked with many times over the years, And it's seamless just to pick back up and do some support work, more around dealing with some of the side effects, increasing the appetite, sleeping better. So yeah, Jason, the guy who's known for a few very specific things, is also working on other stuff. And that should kind of cue you in to the reality around the whole specialty conversation. What's really to be modeled from this conversation, and specifically why we're featuring Helen on this program for a second time... It's that it's one that she discovered. It's one that as she started this one dialogue, suddenly there was another specific audience that was reaching out to her. And in the words of Michael Elner, the late great Michael Elner, he would refer to it as the sort of uh, waiting room talk 
that people would begin to speak from one to another and sharing the resources that they have found to where nowadays, I'll let you discover the specifics inside of this week's episode, Helen is now primarily, notice I said primarily, primarily working with one specific category, though at the same time still has the capability to work with other things, though also at the same time, while it wasn't necessarily the original goal, has now stepped into the role of trainer and instructor because she's kind of figured out that she's got some unique patterns and systems of exactly how to help this very specific category. And could I just call out the fact that no, I am not giving you a preview of what the specific niche, or in our case of this conversation, specialty happens to be in this introduction. Not that it's a secret. It's that no, it's that if I did, some of you would go, oh, I don't want to work on that. And you wouldn't listen to this episode. In everything that you do, find the ways. What I'm about to say out loud is entirely one of the reasons, that was a broad statement, uh, that I would say I am where I am right now, both in my personal life, in my business life, in my journey over time. It's to look at the context more so than you look at the individual content. So if I suddenly said, Helen has now become the expert on this one thing, there are some of you out there that would tune out at this point and go, Oh, I'm not interested in that. However, listen to the larger journey, the context as to where she's gone, how my story was not this decision to split the focus between hypnotherapeutic change work and linguistic persuasive strategies around what's now part of my sort of partner company of attract pre-sold clients. Yet instead, it was this chance encounter where I realized the thing that a public speaking client, what she needed was different than what I had ever done before, yet I had the skill set to help her to do that, and then it became a big journey moving forward from there. Can we also just call out, for those of you that know me as Jason's the business guy, my core programs here on Work Smart Hypnosis, and I believe actually Helen, I think is members of both of these. Uh, one is Hypnotic Workers, that's the digital access version of my training. And then here's Hypnotic Business Systems, the exclusive business training for getting hypnosis clients. As much as I'm branded and given the specialty, the niche of the business guy, for every one person who has gone through Hypnotic Business Systems, there's like three or four who has gone through Hypnotic Workers. Oh, doesn't that start to tell you something? That oftentimes you can become known for a specialty and that's the thing that becomes the catalyst, that widening out of the spotlight, and yet it brings people into the other things that you do. Are you starting to think about this specialty, niche or niche conversation differently? I've talked more than enough on this theme. You're going to hear Helen's opinion and Helen's story inside of this episode. And this is session number 414. So to check out exactly how to get in contact with Helen to find the details of the training that she's now offering, we've made it easy for you to find. Just head over to the show notes for this specific episode. It's over at worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 414, just type in the numbers 414, and that will magically whisk you away to the page specific about this week's episode with various links, details, and where to go to find that Mud Hut episode, as I'm sure of other resources that we dropped in this conversation. A huge congrats to Helen for taking this massive journey forward in your own journey, and that's journey twice in one sentence. 
we'll stick with it here. And while you're there looking at the show notes and checking that out, I'd encourage you head over to hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. That's the all access pass to my hypnosis business training exclusively for getting hypnosis clients, which if you're a longtime listener of this program, you may recall that at one point it was a different description and the benefit is that as I migrated from the state of, sorry, the Commonwealth of Virginia, it's not the state of Virginia, but the Commonwealth of Virginia down to the state of Florida, and now I'm here in Orlando living right between the major theme parks, it's that I moved all of my business online. And whether you're seeing clients online, whether you're seeing them in person, the fact that I shut the doors of the Virginia hypnosis practice that I ran for a dozen years meant that I got to punch up the quality of hypnotic business systems, where now there are several done-for-you marketing campaigns that you have my full permission to copy and paste and claim as your own. Of course, modify them to make them unique to your specific style and approach. Check that out and watch the full video tour and claim your spot. It's either a single payment or it's a brief payment, brief installment payment toward lifetime access. Either way, check out the details, watch the full tour, claim your spot now, hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. And here we go, session number 414, Helen Wire on Discovering Specialties. Yeah, hi, Jason. So I'm probably getting two or three, well, today, you know, I've had three inquiries today already. The phone started ringing at 9.30 here, and I think the last, well, I haven't checked emails, actually, since, so what, it's uh, eight o'clock here in the evening, but the last one came in at, yeah, 5.30. So that was three in a day. That's quite usual. And I'd say 90% of them, you know, book in for my program. I, I do five sessions um, for an IBS program that they that they come to. So the first two or three, where they're relatively close together, you know, depending on schedules and things like that. And then it starts. So the the last two sessions might be a month to five weeks, sometimes a little bit longer apart so that the the client feels really confident that all these changes are are permanent and they feel really confident they can go off and have have holidays go on a train somewhere go on a you know sit in a meeting without being terrified where the nearest uh, bathroom is you know all that kind of stuff so going really really well and i'm appropriately cheating over here which step one that is awesome can't wait to dive into the specifics of that and these are now seeing you for the most part for IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, that sort of situation. Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, I mean, it's um, sometimes people will phone up and say, hey, you've got loads of Google reviews or I've heard about you. Um, can we work with you for, for other type things? So, again, nearly always anxiety related, fears, phobias or just general anxiety and things like that. But specifically is IBS is my my main people that, you know, that's the main pe- things that people are coming to me with. So then I know you and I have gone around before about different pronunciations of the word, either niche or niche. So we can agree on specialty here, right? Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> I was thinking, right, which one do I say? Over here we say niche, of course, but I'm very well aware it's niche in, in your neck of the room. Well, I mean, just to kind of expand it, there's a slightly cynical opinion that I'll swoop in with at times, which is that that is one of the easiest things that people can teach. That being said, first of all, you just said something similar to this too. Everybody that we would know 
who is known for one specific thing also will do other things because you just talked about anxiety and fear and I'm sure that that does play into the IBS at times yet it's that message that we broadcast out that's where we want to get more specific that's where we can decide the thing that we're known for which kind of brings me roundabout to this question of and I just cheated uh, while I was saying all of that by looking at the uh, show notes of the last time we recorded which is that it seems we never talked about that topic uh, at that point, possibly 14, 15 months ago when you were last on. So what was kind of that journey for you in terms of, you know, picking that specific focus? Well, I didn't actually pick it, <laughs> which yeah. sounds bizarre. Which everybody listen, everything that Helen just said is the way that you ought to do it in most cases. <laughs> and I don't even know the rest of the story yet, but you were sharing. Go on, please. Yeah, I, I never picked it. It kind of... I started off as very much a, a generalist because I was just I just loved what I did. I loved doing it. And I was like, yeah, I'll do this, I'll do that. Now, my background is I was a primary school teacher. So I was very used to, in my day, teaching lots and lots of different lessons, you know, so there'd be maths, English, history, a bit of art, bit of, you know, all sorts of things during my day. So to specialize in one thing felt really quite odd can you know compared to the last few well yeah 20 well, I don't want to say too much because it gives makes me sound very old <laughs> however long it was but then it was just sort of came to me I thought oh my goodness I'm seeing more and more people you know hey I haven't done weight loss for example for for over a year and I was just sort of looking and I thought every, well, everybody is really seeing me for anxiety for anxiety related stuff or irritable bowel syndrome now here's the thing quite a few people were saying to me coming to me with just can you help with this anxiety generalized anxiety and then at the end they'd write a review and saying and hey what do you know most of my IBS went so even without realizing <laughs> I was helping people with their IBS when I even didn't even know that that's what they'd they'd got and people talk you know people are in groups people um you know to self-help groups for for ibs quite often um 90 of the people i see um are word of mouth referrals and if i often laugh and i say it's not even the person themselves it can be the person's mother's plumber who's, who's, who's heard about me and then recommends me to oh that friend's suffering from IBS I'll get them to get in touch and the rest of it is a general you know just a, on a google search or, or things like that yeah so, so that's how it all came about I kind of fell into it and then the more I did it the kind of more experienced I got the more I, the, the better I got and better outcomes I got for people and then, as I say, people sort of got to hear about me. One of the local hospitals got to hear about me. Now, now here in the UK, um, hypnotherapy is, if you go on the, the NHS website, it's one of the, the top things that they recommend to, to go, to, to use, to help with, with um, IBS. That's, that's really good from my perspective. Doctors and, and GPs and consultants, they're not allowed to recommend one particular hypnotherapist but I know that they do because well I get people saying my consultant kind of said to me that uh, that you know mentioned your name and then said if anybody ever said to him he'd, he'd pretend the conversation had never taken <laughs> <laughs> so, you know I get people um that way as well 
Yeah, I love that. Especially, it's it, it is one of those categories that just the research is out that this thing just works for that. I'd have to just ask a question that I don't intend to be probing and deep and personal. Yet it's that sometimes we suddenly have this audience that is reaching out to us, or in this case, in the story after the fact, it's that oh, this also helped with my fill in the blank. Was this an issue that you had realized? was as widespread when you were just even getting started with hypnosis? No, didn't even have a clue. Mm -hmm. I did not have a clue that, that irritable bowel syndrome could be, you know, treated using hypnosis. So, as I say, I really fell into it and then got rather good at it, made a bit of a name for, made a name for myself. But it's so rewarding. It, it is... It's, it's so rewarding. I cannot even emphasize how rewarding it is that when you get emails from people saying, you know, I haven't been on holiday for 30 years. You know, a lot of people are, are so, they're trapped in their locality. You know, they won't go up to, they won't even go down to London on the train for an hour and a half because they're, they're terrified of, um, yeah, of, of being caught short, of there not being a bathroom available all these sorts of things. So to then hear from them, oh, hey, I'm in, I'm in Spain, or, or I've gone over to, to visit, you know, friends in, in America. You know, that is just such an amazing uh, th thing. You know, it's so rewarding. I just love it. Is there a story that stands out in terms of the one that, or one of the ones that helped to really shift this thought and go, okay, no, let me kind of call out this as an expertise? The story that always um, I love is, and I've got it over there, I can see it now, and it's a card from a dog. <laughs> no dogs, I know dogs cannot write, but it's this muddy paw print on, on this card. And this dog, what was his name? He was called, was it Morris or something like that? I don't know. It's just the paw print I can see. And he, he wrote to me, the dog did, saying, I cannot thank you enough. I've always had to go, you know, just, just a, a short walk around the houses where I live because my owner always needed to know he was near to his home and near to his own, near to his own bathroom. And he said, I've been over the fields. I've been in the park. I've been so many places and it's just great. Thank you, with this big muddy paw print on there, um, and that's I just love that. And even though that was probably three, four years ago, that still takes pride of place in my home office here. Yeah, I love that. Just the the specificity of it. Although you mentioned definitely the volume of people that are reaching out. If you had to divide it out, like what percentage are reaching out for that specific issue versus the other at this point for you? Oh, 80% easily. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I still get the odd, you know, can you help me stop smoking? Often that can be, once we've done other things, they go, hey, now I'm here. <laughs> you know, can we just throw in, you know, can do you also do, do stop smoking or something like that? Because a lot of people have... Again, you know, well, you know, they oh, it it, make, it helps me relax. It helps me, uh, all, you know, all the, the all the usual kind of stuff. So sometimes I'm doing the the stop smoking, um, yeah. And, and I'm I'm really busy. I do refer on some of the things. I don't have a great inter interest in say weight loss. So if I get get um, people inquire for that, which I do, I tend to you know refer on because it's I'm busy enough and it's just not something I'm hugely interested in. Well, that's that's part of that strength too that. 
you know, we over time, the route that you've gone about this, let me say that better. The route that you've gone about this is the direction that I tend to recommend for people, which is that, you know, we could go into this with this one specific passion, this one specific interest and go, I'm going to be the person who does this specific thing. And one part of that is, well, sometimes you end up being wrong uh, yeah. <laughs> or you do it and then you go, this is noble yet. Let someone else do this. And I'd be very open about a decision that I made, you know, as part of the time that I, I moved, which was that I'm clearly doing other hypnotic things besides seeing hypnotic clients. And we have a slightly different, very different system over here in the U.S. and what should be done in terms of checks and balances of, hey, send the letter over to the doctor, they sign off, then you're fine to schedule because it's diagnosed. And just we don't have the bandwidth to do that. And because of that, I'm more likely referring to people that I know, wink, wink, uh, who also, this is their specialty, this is what they do best. And again, just like the um, <laughs> medical system over there, here's a variety of people that I know who fit into this specific category and it becomes the wonderful, you've got options, pick the one you feel the most comfortable with. That's who you should work with. So then was there, I just out of my curiosity, was there another category that perhaps at one point was the thought process to go, this is the one that I want? Or what was kind of the B-sides of this? I mean, it really freaked me out when I first started. I'll yeah. be really honest with you, with everybody saying, you know, I didn't know how to run a business. I've been, I've been a teacher, and you know, I had no idea how to create a business to run. I just knew that I loved what I did, and I wanted to make a go of it. And also, I didn't have a, a job in any other way of making income, so it was kind of like, like quite pressing that I did that quite soon. But then, so I, you know, you listen to various people, you hear various things, and everybody was saying you need to, you know, get a, get, you cannot be successful without a, without a, a niche, speciality, whatever niche. <laughs> and I just said, and I thought, but I don't know what that's going to be. I really, and the pressure to almost try and find that was really huge. I had to almost just think. Do you know what? All you people can say what you like. I'm closing my ears to you at this moment. And I'm just, <laughs> gonna, I'm just going to go and play. I'm going to go and have a go and do various different things and see what floats my boat, what lights me up, you know, which bits of it I really, really enjoy. And yeah, and I suppose I've always been a great believer that if you if you try lots of different you'll find something that really resonates you know again i'd, I'd have students at school some of them would know from since they were at nursery well i want to be a doctor i want to be a nurse i want to be a lawyer others did not have a clue and i just used to say to them just go out do lots of part-time jobs do lots of things you know in your when you're at uni and in, in, in vacations and things and you won't know sometimes it's trying something out to know that you don't want to do it is as important as trying it out to think I do want to to do it. So, you know, that's there, there really wasn't any other there wasn't a plan, I have to be really right, yeah. There was no no plan apart from I want to do hypnosis, I want to have this hypnotherapy practice business, I want it to go well. Let's just see what happens here. And I think that that's a phrase, let's just see what happens. I use all the time um, when I'm working with, with clients because it takes so much pressure 
off you and actually off them. Let's just see what happens. If it's really, you know, that real outcome of, well, it has to be this, this, that, and the other, the pressure on everybody is huge. And I think it actually makes what you're actually trying to achieve further away. That sort of, let's just see what happens. We'll, we'll have a go at this and, you know, see what happens here. It, it calms things down. Have I told you the story? Because it's where WorkSmart Hypnosis is its own specific company. And, and the move from Virginia down to Florida, it was the appropriate killing of the Virginia hypnosis business because I'm no longer in the state of Virginia. Uh, <laughs> and it kind of became this organic thing that it just got absorbed inside of the, the training business. So just Jason at WorkSmart Hypnosis became the main contact for all the clients that I see. Uh, I'm curious if you and I have had the chat as to how you know, our other company, Attract Pre-Sold Clients, how and why that became separate. Not sure we have. Really. Okay, yeah. And this is where I'm going to say the thing that I should have said before I ask this question to Helen. <laughs> uh, take everything that she said and apply it to your own specific interests. That is not just a story about one specific issue. It could be mirrored by, here's mine, which was that I liked working with public speaking people. Yet it was the chiropractor who was so terrified of giving this presentation, yet it turned out the biggest issue wasn't the emotional triggers. It was that over here in the States, there was the passing of something called the Affordable Health Care Act. Someone had basically convinced her that insurance will never again cover the work that she does. And that's why, quote, you have to sell this multi-level marketing product, which I crossed a line with permission, <laughs> which was, I'm going to say something once. And if I'm right, let's talk about it. If I'm wrong, let's rewind back and pretend I never said it. Yet, you really want to be a chiropractor. You have zero interest in this product because you don't like it. And you'd feel more confident if you were talking about the thing you were passionate about. She goes, exactly. It's like, okay, so how about we work specifically on that presentation? And that kind of was the origin of the linguistics and the sales dialogue and what morphed over time to what's now the sort of sister company of Attract Pre-Sold Clients. And I share that because... It was by listening to the audience. And that's the real takeaway, I'd say, from your story, that it was by listening to what they were bringing in, listening to the unintended outcome that, oh, it fixed this other issue. Oh, wow, that can be the focus. And clearly you have tapped into something that is visceral because so many of these inquiries are reaching out specific to that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you mentioned public speaking there. That's one of the things, again, I've worked with quite a few business owners, because if they've had irritable bowel syndrome and they're getting anxious about public speaking, the two go hand in hand. So you're, they're actually resolving both issues all at the, you know, at the same time. Well, how great is that for them? They get different, you know, lots of different outcomes rather than just the one they came to see me about. I am only swooping in just to share an anecdote from the theatre career which is this phenomenal thing, let's perhaps say it's part of the nervous system, that here is the person who ate the wrong thing before they went on stage, and something about the adrenaline, something about the, let's say, positive stress and anxiety of being on stage. Uh, I remember the actor one time who said, 
It's like, do we need to call someone else to do this role today? It's a small role. We can just put someone else in there with a book and just tell the audience, no, I can do it. Just need to get on stage. You can't leave the bathroom. No, the moment I get on stage, the energy will kick in and all this digestion stuff will pause. So um, that's an option too. <laughs> <laughs> and like clockwork, I will let you all finish the rest of the story as to what happened when he got off the stage and made it, made it in time. So in terms of the sort of outward facing messaging, what have you done differently that's made it easier, let's say, for this specific audience to, to find you? That's a tough one to to answer, Jason, because, again, I think it's sharing stories from people have stories, don't they? People identify with stories, they relate to them and things like that. So if ever I'm asked to do, you know, I'm quite often asked to go and speak to to groups of people about what I do and, and my passion and things like that. And I'm forever dropping in stories of successful outcomes and how things started off for this person and how things were, were different. And suddenly, you know, you can get so I had never done a group program for for irritable bowel syndrome before I'd only ever done one-to-one sessions but it was I think it was late summer maybe last year and would had been asked to go and speak to a group of business owners uh, about how hypnosis can help in, in all sorts of things so you know doing all my stuff I always introduce I make it fun always introduce a little bit of like hypnotic phenomena you know and and things so they they get they get they get fun out of it they realize just you know what what can happen and then suddenly afterwards we were having coffee I think and somebody comes up to me and goes oh I think I need to work with you you know about you know I really do have irritable bowel syndrome and suddenly I'd got a group of, of people in front of me all saying well yeah so have I so have I what you know what can you do and I found myself saying well I can as because as, they were all in that same sort of area I said I can I can run a group program for you that's no problem and then thinking after I got in the car holy moly <laughs> <laughs> although let me call something out here and this is a guess and this is a guess with a strongly attached opinion to it as well which is and there's no harm in what I'm about to say the person who I had this challenge and that's why I now do what I do and that's an incredible sort of reluctant hero, hero's journey arc to the story, though there is something, and I want you to hear this phrase in the most loving and caring way that I can say it, um, where we're just a little, I'm going to bring it to myself, where I'm just too dumb and I'm too ignorant to claim a specific expertise or the dangerous thing, make a lot of assumptions. Um, <laughs> so what would you say the strength was coming into this by only what I'm guessing was listening to the stories from your clients and not this everyone who has this issue, it's because of X, Y, Z, which can become the unfortunate filter when we're kind of filtering through our personal experiences. Does that make sense? No, I think you might have to repeat that. Fantastic. <laughs> I've hosted only about 400 of these, and that was expertly asked. <laughs> no, it's that this was not coming at it from the initial spark of going, I had this issue, and that's why I now do this. It was oh, okay. A, no, yeah. no, I, I haven't. You know, I, I've, I've not had irritable bowel syndrome at all. You know, I've had a dodgy tummy. If I've eaten something, you know, not great, of course I have, but I've not had... <sighs> Yeah, I've, I've not had this, but yeah, I know I'm, I'm good 
what I do in being able to help people overcome that in, in all sorts of different ways. And even being able to do that, the, the group sessions really, really challenge me. Um, you know, I'm, I'm okay to say that because you've got, and I think it's then that artfully vague language that as hypnotists we get so so good at. But, and then also introducing the, the specificity. Is that the, is that the right way to pronounce that word? Um, at the same time, you know, with it's like, well, you know, perhaps some of you out there, it might be like this and some like that. And you know what? It worked really, really well. And we always do what we call it. I always do what we call a symptom score. So people at the beginning, you know, we go through, there's a range of about, it's either 22 or 27, can't remember, lots of symptoms. Nobody has all of them. But, you know, you, you, they grade how, how debilitating they are, how severe they are. And then at the end, we go through them again. And even with that group program, you know, the, the differences, the changes that people have made in, in not only the IBS, but other areas was huge. It was phenomenal. So, you know, I definitely will do that again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's kind of talk through some of the specifics then. So what is it that you are kind of targeting? What's kind of the approach? You've got that person in front of you. They've reached out specific for this issue. Where do you typically start that journey? A lot of it, it's just that, what's what's that like for you? And mm -hmm. people will come up with some kind of, of metaphor. You can kind of, you know, count your language in such a way that to, to get those kind of metaphors out of them. And then it just simply, sometimes simply asking, well, what would you like to be different? What would that look like to you? Everybody will will come up with something. I can remember working, I didn't even know that children, that you know, kids could have IBS. And my youngest person I worked with, he was 11 or 12, something like that. And, you know, and I said to him, what's that like? And he just said to me, it feels like my whole stomach is, is boiling. It's absolutely boiling and it's all churny and all this sort of business. And I just think, I said to him, well, what would you prefer? And he went, I want it to be still. And as he talked, he used his hand um, and he was just going side to side, almost like he was stroking a cat, but it was very, very level. And he said, you know, there's a, I live next to a mill pond. And he said, and that mill pond's really, 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 really um, still. He said, even on a windy day, it's still and it's calm. And you can almost see your reflect, reflection in there. That's what I want my, my stomach to feel like. So in a sense, he's already given me what he wants he's given me you know things that I can just add into that session hey let's just imagine this differently um, there are other things that, that we do obviously in those five sessions but it's very much majoring in on the the metaphors that that people use and, and changing them yeah yeah you mentioned the metaphor of it felt like it was boiling what are some other descriptors that you've heard <laughs> Depends how rude I can actually be. There's a reason why I'm asking this in, in my tracking, like 26 minutes into this conversation. So at this point, they know the top. I used to talk about this issue in morning networking meetings. Mm -hmm. And the intro was, good morning, everybody. A quick story about IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. Just keep enjoying your meals. I'll just keep talking. And that was enough to win the attention of the entire room. So... <laughs> 
Yeah, so people have talked about, um, you know, I had a phone call from somebody last week. She hasn't actually been able to go to the toilet, you know, apart from a pee for, I think she said two and a half weeks. Mm. You can imagine the pain and and all the, the rest of it. She's drunk more water, I think, than than probably is in the Thames River. <laughs> you know, all the things that you would do. And again, you know, she... We were on the tele- on the phone, and she was actually, I think, in her office at work. So I didn't want to be too suggestive <laughs> of what happened at that particular time. But again, it's it's asking those same questions. She does. We have a company here. It may be global. I don't think it is. It's called Dynarod or something, and that's basically what she said. It, it, it sorts your plumbing out, you know. And that's again. Sometimes people are a little bit more coy, and they'll phone me up or email me going, "I really need some help with my internal plumbing." <laughs> So all sorts of metaphors, you know, that, that people are using. Yeah. But it's their metaphor. It's no good me saying to somebody about their internal plumbing if they're a lot more graphic in, in their description. <laughs> you may as well use the words they give you. <laughs> well, I bring up the issue of the man, that it's a intimate, it's an intimate issue and there's nothing medically attached to it. We'll just leave it at that. And it's the power of when I would just simply ask, do you want me to talk about this the way your doctor does or the way that you do? And whatever the answer was, oh man, we had instant rapport. <laughs> and that Absolutely. told me the kind of language to use. And hmm. I'm flashing to a very specific man, and I'll censor this to keep it PG rated here, uh, which was that, you know, what's the, <laughs> one of my big questions is always, what is that oddly specific thing that no one else would think to ask you and that on the successful side of this like this is resolved what's that like very specific thing that even though it's a huge win you're probably still going to not talk about it to other people and um a certain intimate act that's more about receiving a specific intimate act and the fear of passing gas during that (laughs) to which i'm like all you have to do is just send me an email with a thumbs up in the body and just tell me that you won that outcome. And he goes, three weeks later, I get an email, just smiley face back. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> Which again, the category of things we wish we were clever enough to make up sometimes. Yeah. In, in terms of looking at this issue, and again, I'm encouraging everyone who's listening to this conversation. Yes, this is a dialogue around IBS. Yes, obviously. Though at the same time, look at how this is also a dialogue of becoming aware of a specific problem that very clearly needs to be solved in a brand new way and approaching it from the angle of what's unique about this, what's the pathway to resolve this. And I'm I'm guessing along the way, well, I'm not guessing, I know you, uh, you've gotten better at this the more you've done it. True. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Because you're learning, you're learning from the people in front of you. You're learning from the times you stuff up. You're learning from the times that maybe, do you know what, things didn't go as well as expected and you didn't get the outcome that you want. I would love to, to sit here and say 100% of my, of my sessions have been, you know, successful. No, they haven't. But an awful lot, you know, a lot of them have. But... 
But again, you know, again, I used to teach my students when I was, you know, you learn so much more from the times where you perhaps just missed something or you made a mistake or things, things like that. You learn, you know, so much from them as well as the ones that go really well. And you're learning the language. I think you're learning the language all the time because you're hearing it from, you know, males, females, young, old, some people, as you say there, that are just, they give you it in graphic detail, not as a doctor would, and others that are that are more coy and private. It's listening to, to all of that and to, yeah, tailoring your approach to, to the person in front of you, 100%. Yeah. And so going about kind of reverse engineering what to do, what was kind of your journey of figuring out, let's say, what methods, what questions, what approach? Kind of walk us through that sort of detective period, as I guess we call it. Probably like the, the most of us during the, the, the lockdown periods and things like that, because I wasn't going in driving as much, you know, places going, we were, none of us were going anywhere. Um, so I was spending a lot more time reading about things, listening to listening to podcasts, listening, you know, being on board with, with webinars, finding people that I really thought, hey, you're good at this, this business, what can I learn from you? And then finding my own kind of way of doing things that could also be tweaked and adjusted to almost anything so that you're not so again when I was I used to mentor student teachers and I used to say to them you know the more you do this the better you will become and you'll learn shortcuts you'll learn different ways you'll learn ways that really really work to you and I said so that if you are then you know five years down the line catapulted into another class you'll be able to use all the skills that you will and tweak and adjust to that situation and I think that's probably my hypnosis journey in a sense that just you know learning all these and then suddenly finding hey I'm actually things are quite similar but I'm tweaking and adjusting so I'm not having to reinvent the wheel every single time does that make sense if I explain that clearly that does yeah I mean it's the whole frameworks equals freedom mindset they go here's the template here's where I'm going to start and I'm going to vary away from this when I've got a rather good reason to do so. Yeah. And it's having that flexibility, which you said there. Sometimes, you know what, again, you know, that is really, really important. So we might be on session three with a particular person and I'd be thinking, you know, I never plan for sessions. So I always like to hear what's changed, what's different when I meet and then I go from there. But if they come in and something catastrophic has happened in their life that morning or, or the, the day before, that's the person in front of you. That's the issue to actually deal with and is having that flexibility all the time. Yeah, absolutely. And you've been teaching this. You've been sharing some of these insights too recently. Yeah, so um, I've got a, got my own course where I'm teaching other hypnotherapists my kind of approach. I partnered up with Anthony Jacqueline um, because we were just having a chat one day, and he said you really ought to. You know, you're so you're, you've got so many Google reviews. People are talking about you. You need to do something about it. And I laughed and said, Anthony, I'd love to. I'd really love to. I said, but I don't know how to. I don't know how to to do a course. I said I can teach it. I can do do my stuff that way. I don't, I don't know how to do the whole setting up Zoom rooms. And what, and he said, <laughs> talking to somebody who does. So we partnered up. We did this collaboration last October, which was which was brilliant. And we set it up in such a way 
It was very much like this. It was, you know, we were having this chat about it, asking questions. It was live, but we did it in such a way for some people that couldn't be there because of time zones and things they could still get from it what they what they needed. You know, they could watch the recording at any time. Um, we've got a Facebook group where people can ask questions. They can ask me, you know, specifics about if they've got a problem with somebody, you know, all that kind of thing. And it's and we're adding to it each time. If a lot of people are getting in touch, a bit like what you're doing with your, you know, with your, pod, your podcast, your live ones and things, you know, if a lot of people are asking the same question, then Anton and I hop on together and we'll do a little, you know, one hour work workshop or something towards it. So the cynical statement that someone throw out is, oh, those who can't teach, though, I'd ask you the <laughs> better question to someone who um, already taught for a whole bunch of years anyway, uh, which would be by training it, by teaching it. What has that done to help, you know, refine what you do, if anything? It makes you really think about your approach and, you know, why you're doing certain things and, and whatever. But also, again, I think the, the main thing for me is how many people, I had no idea, and I had no idea until as I started, you know, doing this with, with hypnosis, how many people in worldwide have irritable bowel syndrome and they honestly think they're no hope they've been told often by consultants well you've got to live with this for the rest of your life and do you know what it will be debilitating it'll be really painful well hey there's a suggestion if ever you heard one you know so all these people can help so many other people and i just think that's that's amazing and I, I'm learning again. Again, I would say when I taught my students, you know, I might have taught the same, you know, scheme of work year on year out, but I always got something different from it from the students. You know, sometimes the student would approach something in a slightly different way, and I say, I love that. I'm taking that from you, and I'm going to do that <laughs> for the students coming the following year. But it's similar even with this, you know, sometimes on our Facebook, some other hypnotherapists say, hey, I did this and it really worked. I'm like, well, dang, why didn't I think of that? But I'm going to start using it now. <laughs> that's, how we, that's how we learn. And I just think that's amazing, that community, that we can share all this, all this knowledge and make that difference. What I love about that is, well, the personal anecdote of a time that I co-taught a training event with someone who was one of my original instructors and I... I demoed something and he goes, oh, that was really interesting. And I go, I learned it from you. And he goes, I've never seen that before. And I go, well, there's a Jason Lynette original, <laughs> which we will find these moments where we have made these unintentional refinements. We have streamlined something mm. in a rather specific way. And it's by going through that exercise of learning how to share it with others or getting those oddly specific questions around why you do a specific thing the way that you do that specific thing mm. that further refines it. And I love this community aspect of this as well. Um, let me ask this now before I forget later on, where can people find that training? Where's that located? Um, it's online. I'm hoping, Jason, you're going to put it in the show notes for me. <laughs> oh, yeah. Send me the link. This um, In the intro, I said exactly which episode number this was. Uh, I don't know that off the top of my head. So, hey, check the show notes attached to this episode, and we'll put a direct link there because we make it very easy. It's the thing you'll hear me say at the very end of this conversation after the outros and all of that. Do you like that? We are wonderfully organized around here. Uh, <laughs> I want to ask one one or two more things if you're good on time. 
Yeah. Yeah. So the conversation we had about almost about a year and a half ago, and it's not necessarily that we reach that sort of age of reason or we go against what we previously believed, though in this span of time, which admittedly is not that long, though you've done something pretty awesome, which is why you're in the uh, second appearance club. <laughs> is there a different perspective as to how our process works, why our process works that's a bit different or could be something outside of those categories? Is there a different way that you think about getting the change than how you did the last time we spoke? What, what's been that sort of more internal evolution, not just the external of this is what I'm working on? What's different now, Helen? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm super freaking busy, which is always very, well, I was before, but I really am, am now. I think it's the confidence that in, in what I do has very much increased and it's allowed me to just sometimes just throw in something from from left field. It's also, you know, we, we, I think we've, we, we've chatted about, about this before. <laughs> It's if you can say to somebody, it, it, I, I, the word flexible always, 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 I used to drum it into my, you know, student teachers that I mentored. I have to remind myself at, at times as well for me, but it's also being flexible for the person in, in front of you. If somebody feels backed into a corner, well, you're going to feel like this and all this sort of stuff, you know. <laughs> Let me tell you a story about being <laughs> backed into a corner. So when I was little, I was a really fussy, faddy eater. And I remember my my mum saying to me, I think it was, she said, it was, I think it would have been lunchtime. And she said, you're not getting down from the, the table, Helen, Helen, until you finish that. You know, it's, your gran, I think it was, spent a long time cooking this for you. What she didn't know was actually I can be quite stubborn when when, when it uh, suits. I think I sat there till bedtime and I did not move and I ate nothing, you know, from that plate. And it was getting really awkward and embarrassing for all around. Maybe, you know, and I remember thinking then, if I ever have children, I'm never doing so like we all do, I'm never doing anything <laughs> with mine. And it's giving people those options, giving people choices. And I think the words perhaps and maybe yeah. brilliant words to add into any kind of you know session when you're changing things for, for people. And you know, again, we, we, we talk a lot, don't we, about the the SUD score, you know, zero to ten and all this sort of business. And I think it's really dangerous for the person in front of you saying, well, we, we, you know, we're definitely going to get this down to a zero. Again, it's that pressure type thing. So, you know, I often, the, one of the phrases I use a lot is, so if we could, you know, reduce that or get it right the way down for you, perhaps even gone, that would be good, wouldn't it? So you're giving them almost like a little variety of, of options. I've never had anybody say, no, I, I can't do that. Actually, I'm always then very, very surprised. Often it just disappears. But it's giving, it's not backing somebody into, into a corner. I love that, especially it's that willingness to, you know, I, I look at, and I know this is not your style, so we can easily say this here. It's where there's sometimes the moment where if someone is doing the rigid protocol, this is step one, this is the way that it's been tested. We have to do it this exact way. It's where there's some schools of thought that are 
as we found with this audience, losing their own popularity. But it comes around to that's where they would very easily then blame the person. Oh, this is why it's not working. And instead, okay, I got other things in the toolkit. I've got other strategies that I can use. And to be in the moment with the person and actually be, you know, doing this revolutionary thing that I know you're actually quite skilled at, uh, which is, uh, what's it called? Um, listening. And <laughs> being there with them and present and not just, you know, what's my next move? What's my next routine? What's the next trick in the hat? And I love that answer for that reason of getting specific to what they need and not what the book said I need to do next, Right. Yeah. And again, I would say with the training I did, you know, I, I probably I probably went on ad nauseum about it. But I did kept saying, you know, look, this is this is a rough framework. But, you know, learn to get really skilled and flexible and adaptable and, you know, change things up because it's me and my personality. And, and all that. I'm not afraid to to really laugh with the people, you know, that I, I work with, not laugh at them or any, of course not. But, you know, we do have fun. You know, I was known as the, the teacher. I remember a kid saying to me once, I can't wait to get in your class. I've heard you're really strict. I heard you really, really work as hard. But I heard that we I hear that we laugh a lot. <laughs> well, great. You know, <laughs> I'm not then going to change when I'm then I'm not going to be this suddenly change this my personality when I'm doing the job I do. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and again, that laughter and can just really, it just changes somebody's state, doesn't it? It builds that rapport, all those sort of things. But it's not being, oh, I've got to put a joke in here now. We're now 12 minutes into the session and I've got an hour session. Time I built in the joke. You know, oh, can you imagine? Well, my, my watch just buzzed, which clearly means um, Rabbi walks in. No. Yeah. Well, it's that. It's that flexibility is so, so, so key, but also using your personality to affect that change as well. Not trying to be a clone of, of somebody else that you've seen. You know, you're good enough as you are. Use you and the skills that you've got and get those get those better. And of course, we morph into certain, you know, certain other sort of people that we we use some of their phrases. That's how we learn. But we're still fundamentally us and our personality. And, you know, I think I I, I may have messaged you, I can't remember, but one of the things that often people will will say to me, you know, ring up and I'll say, look, I've got perhaps a two, two and a half week wait or something like that. Um, If you're really, really desperate, you know, I can think of a couple of people here, you know, we want you because, you know, and, you know, you hear this phrase bandied around, but it really is true. You know, people buy people as mm-hmm. well as what they can, they can offer. So it's using, it's, it's making all these, putting all these skills together in, in, in the package. Yeah, I love that. Uh, so we'll link over in the show notes for the, the training that you've been doing. How can people find you? What's the best way to get in contact directly with you? So you can find me on my website, www.advancedhypnotherapy.biz, that's B-I-Z. There's a contact form on there. People can email me directly, helen at advancedhypnotherapy.biz. People can call me. I don't know the the, the area. It's plus four four, I think, if you're overseas. Yeah. 7795 um, People can text or, or call, you know, whatever. 
Um, and again, if other, if other hypnotherapists, you know, want to get in touch to ask any questions about it, then, you know, I've always, always welcome that. Awesome. Awesome. I love that. Great to hear what you've been up to. And I'm going to resist turning this into a metaphor because there is significant uh, thunder and lightning happening outside, which has <laughs> nothing to do with digestion. We'll just leave it at that. And uh, phenomenal having you back on and hearing these incredible updates. Uh, I'd ask you just a final thought, just to wrap this up here, which is if you could deliver a message back to yourself when you were first becoming aware, before you were first getting interested in learning hypnosis yourself, what would be that advice you'd, you'd give to yourself? You can do it. You know, I was told so many times from probably the head teacher from the school I, I decided to leave and all the rest of it, you're never going to make this work. This will never be a, a career. It's never going to be successful. And again, I had to choose to ignore that and surround myself with people who were supportive and encouraging. If you want it, you can find a way and you can make it work. I truly believe that. Jason Lynette here once again. And as a reminder, head over to worksmarthypnosis.com forward slash 414. Type in those numbers as an extension that will bring you over to the show notes of this week's episode to see exactly all the things that Helen and I talked about, access some of the links and references, and check out her upcoming training events as well. And while you're there too, check out hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. It has honestly never been this easy to grow your hypnosis business. Recent episodes with people such as Joshua Wagner and Grant Offenberger and going back to, uh, in February this year, Angie Kircher, people who didn't look at it from the mindset of this has to be hard and instead just simply asked the question, what can I do to put myself out there? And it's where this podcast series is an ongoing resource in terms of helping people to solve that client attraction issue specifically for the hypnosis industry. Though at the same time, when you got a foot in the door, when you got some proven stuff that's already been, well, proven to work, it helps you to get there faster and easier. And that's the fancy way of saying, don't make all the stupid mistakes that I did along the way. So check out hypnoticbusinesssystems.com, watch the video tour, and you can see the details in terms of how it's either a single payment for lifetime access or a brief installment, and then you own it, plus any future updates that I add into that program. It's called Hypnotic Business Systems because, and don't let this overload you, it is as of now more than 250 hours of stuff. Sorry, 250 hours of quality, highly effective business training exclusively for the hypnotic profession. That sounds better. However, here's the thing. It's broken up into about two dozen plus specific business action plans. So the reason it's called Hypnotic Business Systems, pick two specific things you want to focus on. For most of you, I would say it would likely be the VIP strategy session as well as the online video content. That's where most people ought to start. Look at that. Get good at those. Get those into motion. Now you've got them figured out. I say systems, not that you never have to do it again, but that you don't have to rethink and reinvent the wheel whenever you go back and do it. Now, start to look around the rest of the program. I'll give you a hint. Uh, most of you are communicating in a way that's training your audience to ignore you. Go watch my content inside of Hypnotic Business Systems, specifically around search engine optimization. Because guess what? It's the same thing that holds to be true on stuff that's not considered to be search engines. YouTube, TikTok, all social media. It turns out, if you're not yet using the words that your clients are looking for, they're not going to find you. 
And guess what? I pulled about a decade's worth of historical search data to give you the exact words and the strategies that your clients are looking for. This is just skimming the surface of what you're going to find. So check that out. Join today over at hypnoticbusinesssystems.com. Thanks for listening to the Work Smart Hypnosis Podcast at worksmarthypnosis.com.